Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi friends, how are you? Welcome back. Thank you so much for showing up in this space. This is a movement to share good news and we are growing every single week with a new episode on iTunes and Spotify and we're also on Google Play, Stitcher and Outcast. So excited about all of that. Today on podcast number 53, we are focusing on something that is on my mind right now and so many of you might be thinking about this as well, a September Reset. That's right, we all need to get back on track after a fun-filled summer of indulging just a little bit too much. So now it's time to get back on track. So here we are, we're going to talk about nutrition. With me now is a real superstar in the nutrition space. You guys are going to love her and her program so much, so get ready to sign up with her. She's a nationally recognized nutritionist. She's also written two outstanding books. She runs her own business, so this gal is also an entrepreneur. On top of all of that, can you believe this? She juggles her busy family, too, with three awesome kids. So with me here in Connecticut is the founder of The Food Fix, Heather Bauer. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. How are you? How are you? Thank you for having me today. Oh, this is so fun, right? We've had so so much fun already. I know, by the way. I'm super excited to be here. And here we are in coastal Connecticut on a beautiful day, and we're so excited to talk about nutrition. So why do you think, what is it, Heather, about September? Like why, (laughs) what happened to all of us in August? What's happening? I have found that people on average can put on about 10 pounds between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And it's just the extended vacation. It's going away every single weekend. Or if you have kids that went away to sleepaway camp, it's just that nonstop, you know, parties and drinking. Too much rosé. Too much rosé and not enough recovery days in between. And it just accumulates. So even if you started out strong and eating well in June, by the end of August, you just let it all go and you just... You know, back to school, back yep, on track. Here we, are. Eating, right. here we are, right? Well, now. that's why I wanted to have you on right away in September because I knew that I wasn't alone, that I needed a little you help. I needed a kick not in the butt. Alone, right? by the way. Okay, so tell everyone a little bit about you because now I've gotten to know you, but everyone else needs to know how awesome you are. So Thank tell you. us more. So, as you said, I'm a um, registered dietitian or nutritionist, um, and I'm also an author, and I'm a mother of three and a wife and a friend. So, that would be the the one sentence, a um, little pitch about myself. And I um, became interested in nutrition when I was very young, actually. When I was in high school, I was a competitive runner. And I very early on learned that the, there was a very strong connection between what I ate and how I performed. And that just spurred my interest in nutrition and it evolved into my future career. So what, where do you think your passion for, for food really came from? Was it like your parents? Was it I, I, like, always was there someone loved, in your life? I've always loved chef? eating. <laughs> no chefs. Um, in fact, my brother and sister were very picky growing up. With, were you with picky? Food. I was not. Okay. I was always a natural, clean plate cover. So if they didn't eat, finish their plates, I would be the one to finish it. But I always loved going to the food store. I used to love that show, Supermarket Sweep. Remember oh, that yes. Show? I love that show. And I was, We should you know, bring that my, back. I know. My, you know, my husband loves 
loves technology and technology stores like JNR in the city. I love food stores. And I also love going into people's homes, looking in their pantries, looking in their fridge. People always think I'm being a snoop, but I'm just really... You're just interested. I'm just interested. I love looking at food. I love tasting it. And so the, the field is perfect for me because I'm passionate about food. And oh, yeah. I, I really do understand people. I always say I'm like a you know 400-pound you know, person second in a smaller body, but you have to really understand people to be in this field and right. understand all different types of people. And I think it's good that you like to eat. Yes, you know? I do like to eat and I don't like to be hungry. Right, that right. Helps. What do you think makes your program, The Food Fix, different from all the other nutrition programs? Okay, so people in my industry tend to focus on the problem and not the solution. And my whole thing is focusing on sustainability and also accountability. And when you pair the two together, you get ultimate results. And so by focusing on the sustainability factor, so really teaching people how to eat in a way that works for their everyday life. So showing people how to eat when they're at restaurants, when they're at parties, when they're on an airplane, when they're stressed out, that's what helps people. Anybody can succeed in a perfect hermetically sealed bubble, but when you take them out of that bubble, how do they succeed? Not very well. So my goal is to show them how to eat in the real world. I know. I love that because you do keep it so real and it's it's like relatable, right? right? And yeah. you're, you don't have like unrealistic goals, right? We all can right? lose weight if we do a juice, juice fast or right. if we do... But isn't that like fake know, weight loss? It's not That's real not weight. real, right? And then the next day you go to like, you know, a cocktail party and you go out to dinner and, and you then put on five pounds <laughs> you're and you like, feel what horrible just about yourself. It's yeah. like a what fortune and now you gained it all back and more. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about how you started because I feel like you kind of... When, you, when we talked about this, I feel like it was, all I kept thinking of was hustle, hard work, and a lot of heart, so right? It, I feel like you really got your hands yes. dirty, and that's it how really you had to start this. It really was hustle and hard work, um, and it was a lot of work. So I started my career um, sharing my time between a hospital and working at Equinox in the city. This was um, between 1999 and 2000, and um, soon after that, I started a private practice. And because there was no social media, I mean, imagine starting a business without you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and any of those social media outlets, you actually have to do it the old-fashioned way. You have to paper, go door-to-door in New York City to doctor's offices and pass out your card and get your name out there. And I had to do that. I had to pay for my rent and build my business that way. And I did. I had a couple great physicians that really believed in me and what I did and, and helped build my business that way. I know. I kept picturing you, like, literally knocking <laughs> I was on doors. At Central Park West, going from office to office, passing out my cards. And I built my business, really, from the ground up. But it was, so it was hustle, hard And it, work. it's a lot of word of mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, a skinny butt is a great advertisement for me, right? Because... If somebody loses weight and looks good, people ask, how did you do it? And so the more people I help, the more people that pass it, pass it on. Now let's talk about your books because I feel like the, when, you were, when, when, we, when you were first starting off and you were doing a lot of work with guys that worked in finance, yes. right, in the finance industry. So that led you to the first book that you yes, wrote, The Wall, the Street, Wall Diet. Street Diet. So what did you learn about how the people in the, fit, in the finance industry were eating? Well, these were really busy, fast-paced Um, New Yorkers that didn't have time to diet. And so they were eating out every single meal. They were traveling a ton. They weren't going to the food store. Their pantries and fridges were empty. So they're, you know, they had 
takeout menus, but there was literally only maybe some beers in their fridge. And they weren't going to give up drinking alcohol or coffee. And so I had to teach them how to live in that world. I had to show them on takeout menus. Here's how you eat Chinese and Japanese and Thai and Mexican. Here's how you eat when you're at an airport and your flight gets delayed. Here's how you eat at a conference table when there's 8,000 cupcakes and, or pastries. donuts. And oh, pastries they love pastries. You. Oh, you know, it's the worst. So this is how you handle these situations. And they were successful. And I turned that into a book. That's so cool. I love that. Because again, you keep it in the real world, right? Yes. This, this isn't like some fantasy land where everything is healthy. Right. So then your second book, Bread is the Devil. Yes. I love this one. Yes. I think the headline alone is so good. So why is Bread the Devil, in your opinion? Well, so really in this book... Because I feel like I want it all I the know, time. I know. People look at the title, the title and they see the cover, which has a piece of white bread on it, the devil stamped on the, on the inside of the bread... But the, the bread was really a symbol of sabotage in the book. So I actually do not encourage eating bread, but I talk about, you know, that you can have healthy whole grains and I encourage, you know, carbohydrates in a certain capacity. But I talk about bread as a symbol of sabotage because nobody ever falls off track eating, you know, salmon and blueberries and let's say apples, right? Mm-hmm. It's always, I fell off track with the French fries or the, or the bread basket or the bagel, muffin scone, pasta, pizza, candy, sweets, something in that category. And the book was about the 10 situations that lead us to bread. Mm-hmm. So I talk about vacations, celebrations, you know, parties. I talk about travel. I talk about um, sloth, which is over or under exercising, which can lead us to waking. Um, I talk about kids and all the struggles we have when we have kids. So this book was really designed for those situations that lead us to bread. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so let's talk about some easy swaps. Like instead of eating bread, what right. should we be eating instead? I'm a big Give fan. Give us some swap ideas. Um, you know, instead of bread, if you if you can try two different types of crackers, I love the Gigi Scandinavian brand crisp cracker because it's a great source of fiber. It doesn't taste too good. So it's not like eating Triscuits or Wheat Thins where in a, you know, an open box is an empty box. With these, you have a couple and you're full, but it gives you crunch and texture. And then I have another version of those. Um, it's the Orgran Essential um, Piper Crisp. Yes, Piper and I just ordered those because Heather told me to um, order them they are great, on Amazon. And they are a gluten-free version of those crackers. So I found a cracker that, again, is not the kind of cracker you'd want to binge on, but they give, it gives you crunch and texture. If you're looking for chips, you can go for a lot of different versions. I talked to you about seaweed. Um, there are this product called Chompers by Sea Snacks, which is a crunchy sort of chip, but it's got seaweed in it instead. There's also the snack ones, which I love, yes. which are actually made Blaine is loving those now. Um, Thank you. You eat the whole bag for 80 calories. I'm a big fan of finite food, um, food that has a clear start and end so that you mm-hmm. can eat the whole bag. Yeah. Um, so those are just a few swaps Yeah, I like right that. There. Okay, so let's talk. We, we just mentioned some healthy snack I have ideas. many more. I know. Well, we'll I put a bunch in, this, in the show notes, okay. too, for everyone, that things that Heather, that are Heather Bauer approved. But what about, give us some ideas for, like, if you're packing a lunch for your child for school, what are some healthy lunch ideas? And also, too, maybe yeah. other than snack lunch, what else is another healthy snack for kids? So I think with in terms of lunches, you can always make, you can do all sorts of different pinwheels. You can take a good whole wheat wrap, and then you can fill it up with lots of things. You can use sun-up butter and banana, and then roll it up and slice it. Uh, that way your, your child is getting, you know, a nut-free peanut butter, and then you can pair it with a, a fruit. And you have the, the whole grain wrap, and then you can do fun sides. Kids love dips, so you can do 
avocado or you could do hummus and then you could do either cucumber my kids love cucumbers my my pickiest child i have twins and is is he hates vegetables but he'll eat cucumbers so i use that's that. a win right yeah. yeah and so you could do guacamole or you could do hummus as like a good dip for them as well yeah and then you could do like dark chocolate chips instead of regular chips mm-hmm. get them used to that flavor of dark chocolate it's got less sugar and it's got more antioxidants in it. Okay, so what about healthy snacks? If you if you only have to pack snacks for your kids, right? I think there's a lot do of you different like carrots brands. and hummus, sure, or do you, you not? Could, are you yes, not a carrot of course. girl? You could do carrots and hummus. Okay. You can do sliced apples, and you know you could do it with an organic string cheese. And always pair a little bit of protein and a little bit of fruit. You know, if it's after school, you can do celery and a little bit of peanut butter, and you can do the raisins on top. Do the ants on a log. You can also do that. Oh, cute! With like, yeah, you know, a, more of a whipped cream cheese. And do that with the you know the um, raisins on top as well. Those are a few things. I mean, some of these things our our parents did for us as well, but they're still good for our kids and they're fun to take out. And do you feel like we like kids snack more than we did growing I definitely, up? Definitely. I feel I like know, my I kids didn't are always like hungry. Um, it was it's interesting because we had we had au pairs for about six years because um, I was commuting to the city and I needed that help and. They were always blown away with the amount of snacking that we do as Americans because in their culture, they would go for lunch to dinner with nothing. Well, and that's kind of the way we did yeah. growing up. I might have and one snack in the afternoon, but that was it. For a while, we were sent to school with two snacks. So right. I was packing basically three lunches and like you know, eight snacks right. a day. And then they come home and they want to eat again. And they want to eat again. I think for kids, you want to make fruits and vegetables accessible in your fridge yes. so they can grab it. Yep. Because you can give them maybe a fun snack. Like, let's say you call Pirate's Booty or that a chippy thing more of a fun snack. Mm-hmm. But if your kids like cut up peppers or celery or even apples. Like my kids do like fruits and vegetables, but if they're in a bin and they're not cut up, they're not going to grab that. They're going to grab what's available. Mm-hmm. So if you have it ready to go and you put it out, it actually is a game changer. They'll right. go for that. Because they might eat the whole thing. Right, right, exactly. As long as it's cut up. If it's there yeah. and it's cut and washed and you put it out, they'll get that first mm-hmm. and they may not be as interested. I also think water for kids is a big deal. Yes. Like find a water bottle oh your God, kids love. And um, well, we know what Blaine wants for her birthday, Heather. Hydroflask. <laughs> so actually, one of my other twins, that's what he wanted. His friend just got him a hydroflask. And he's um, a very big soccer player, and he hadn't been drinking water. And so over the last week, he has drank so much water, and I actually think it's improved his soccer game. Really? And yes. you think it's because of the water bottle? I, I'm not. I don't this think. I know, by the way. So he, yesterday, he filled it up three times. The ice cubes are going to drive my husband insane because he can't stand that noise of the drawer opening and closing, and he loves a lot of ice cubes, but he's drinking water, so That's I'm so, so happy. Great. I know. That's what I want for my kids, too. I'm always, like, pushing the water. All right, so let's talk about the things you mentioned in your book. So eating out. This mm-hmm. is a huge obstacle yes, for so many of is. us. So what are just some easy, simple sort of things to think about? So when you're How do you help out, us eating out? When you're dining out, I mean, now versus like 10 years ago, there is, there are it is so easy to access a menu. You can find it online. You can stop by the restaurant. But in two seconds, you can find that the menu, and then you have a few healthy options at your fingertips. And don't just pick one or two choices. I would actually recommend picking two healthy appetizers and two healthy entrees. That way, in case you were like, you have your heart set on the arugula salad and the salmon, and, and then you show up, and they're and like, they oh, we the just ran out. Run out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, fine, I'll just get the pie. <laughs> you know, so this way you have two two healthy options. Okay, I think that's that's a good um, idea. I also think for many people it's good not to go starving so that you don't get your hands in the bread basket. 
Um, I want food to taste good. So I don't like my clients to go to a, a restaurant and ask for 8,000 substitutions because it's also a big red flag that you're on a diet. So um, I think you can build in the sauce into your day by eating really clean all day. You should enjoy that sauce, but know that may count as one of your carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, you can, I always call it the one request rule. So you can make one re- request. So pick the entree that doesn't require, like if you had um, a potato crusted salmon that came with a risotto, and let's just say, let me think of, maybe it came with quinoa, okay? That, that would be a weird combination. Yeah. But that would be three carbs. It was the potato-crusted salmon plus the quinoa plus the, the risotto. risotto. That's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's too many for one yeah. meal. And plus there may be other, like, you know, sauce in there as yeah. well. So that wouldn't be something that would fit into my one request rule because you'd have to be like, can I have the salmon without the potato crust? And can I have the you know spinach instead of this and this and this and this? And everyone at the table is already exhausted. Oh my God, the waitress hates right. you. <laughs> but if you find there is a salmon that comes with spinach and let's say roasted potatoes, you could simply ask, can I have that salmon with double spinach, hold the potatoes? Love that. I also think if you order last, nobody at the table is listening to you. Okay. So if a waiter or waitress comes to you first... Everyone's listening, not because they're like they want to get like diet ideas from you, but just they're just curious to, to you know what you're ordering. If you say I'm not ready, come back. Everybody else orders, and then when you order, nobody's listening anymore. Right, they're already talking. They're over. Yeah. They're over you. Yeah. So then you can make a little more requests without being so you know highlighted. Oh my gosh, that's such a good tip. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try that. Okay, so let's talk now. We're gonna move on to traveling. Okay. Okay. So my husband travels a ton. Okay. So so many of our listeners travel, whether okay. it's for business or fun. So okay. give us some real life travel hacks to be healthy when we're traveling. Okay. What can so, we do? Number one, I think the first 24 to 48 hours of any business trip or or vacation really does make a, it makes a difference. I think you want to go in strong. If you step into the airport and you think party, you can. It's very hard to recover after that moment. And if you're traveling for business, oftentimes you're going to a lounge that business pays for, and there's a lot of free food there. And the whole thing about businesses, there's a lot of free. There may be a free mini bar. There may be you know free meals, and that feels indulgent at first, but it doesn't feel good when five pounds comes on and ten pounds comes on. So you want to have a game plan. I'd always come with water after you go to security. Stop in Hudson News or one of those places and buy yourself a big liter of bottle of bottled water so that you can stay more hydrated. The better you are hydrated, the better you will acclimate to a new time zone. Um, it's also better for um, your overall body, you know, just for regularity and also keeps your immune system stronger as well. So that's important too. And then you have to decide if you're the kind of person that hates plain food, even if you're sitting in business or first, then you can bring your own food with you. So then it would make sense to pick up a salad or whichever meal you're traveling for. But um, whether it's business or coach, I'd always wait until the meal cart comes around to eat your food. Because how many times have you been sitting on a plane when you bought food for yourself or your kids? And even while, when that plane is on the runway, it's like eating the popcorn in the movie theater before the movie starts. <laughs> then they come around the cart and you forgot you even ate. Right, you're like, now I'm again. hungry again. Yeah. So if you bring food with you, do not eat it until everyone else is eating their food on the plane. Um, Good if tip. you do eat the food that is served, try to make the best choice possible. If you're sitting in business or first, you can, oftentimes there is an option for um, a diabetic or you can do gluten-free or you can do a healthier choice. I just did that with a client this past week. Oh, that's a good idea. Who's going to Europe. So okay, you can actually select, you know, they, they, the, this airline had diabetic, it had gluten-free, it had so many different options. So you can set yourself up for success. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so let's do a little rapid fire here. What's your favorite nutrition bar? 
Because this is, people yes, love yes. bars. I'm really into Raw Rev Glow right now. So Raw Rev Glow, yeah. three It'll words. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. Um, I like it because it's gluten-free, it's high in fiber and protein and low in sugar. And it's hard to find a bar, a bar that has more than five grams of fiber and protein and less than three grams of sugar. Mm-hmm. So, And it also has very clean ingredients. It's organic. It's non-GMO. I make no money, by the way, by promoting any of these products. Um, but I just love it, and I like the way it tastes. Okay. What's your favorite protein powder? Um, I like a, many different ones. I do like Tara's Way. That's a really good brand. Um, very clean ingredients. Um, and okay. I also like Vital Proteins. Yay. Collagen peptides. Yep. So I like both of those. Okay. So you like Vital Proteins for the powder and I like, the yes. collagen. Okay. Yeah. okay. I like that's it for both. And you can put it in your coffee in the morning. Because I love them too. Odorless, tasteless. Oh, tell everyone what you recommended to me. I Favorite vitamin, vitamin D drops. D. Yep. Tell us Here about that. One Encapsulations is the brand. And um, vitamin D is something that, especially as we go into winter, we're not going to be getting as much sun. Um, and it actually can ha- make a huge difference in our body, especially as we age. So um, vitamin D drops are really Excellent. Mm-hmm. And I recommend it just adding a couple to your coffee. Yeah, I'm doing that now mm-hmm. with my collagen. I Add love that. Add your collagen okay. and your vitamin D. Favorite salad dressing? I love the brand Tessame. Yeah. Tessame? Yeah. Okay, I've never Sold heard that. Sold at Whole Foods. Very clean ingredients. Okay. They're from Maryland, which is where I grew up. Yay. And um, I just think they're an excellent brand. They have great marinades, dressings, and they're delicious. What do you think if I just Paleo do olive oil? Clean. You can also just make your own. Yeah, make your really own like with olive oil and olive like oil, lemon. Of lemon. You can do a little okay. white, white white vinegar as well. So okay. that's the best. Okay. What about favorite condiment? Like, I feel like isn't ketchup kind of bad for us? Yeah. Okay. I mean, in general, you want to watch. So is there a good brand? Sugar. Um, the brand Sir Kensington's actually has great is a great brand for condiments. Okay. Um, but in general, you want to keep the the sugar lower when you're using condiments. Right. So right. Um, Coconut Secret actually is another great brand that has great. Um, marinades and seasonings too. Okay. Um, that's soy free, you know, gluten free. That's what a lot of people are looking for these mm-hmm. days. Okay. So let's talk about something really big that you love water. Yes. Why is it so important fan. to be so, super, super hydrated? So years ago. Um, and how much water are you yes. recommending? Um, so I'm a marathon runner myself and water is not easy for me to drink. I just am not somebody who walks around with a water bottle. It's, it's like a job for me. And I've noted that there's two kinds of people. There are people who are really thirsty people and then there are people who have zero thirst indicator. And um, because many of us eat out frequently, we take in a lot of sodium, water can make a huge difference in how we process all of those salty meals. It also can make a difference in our metabolism. Like it really makes a difference with how we lose weight. And when I very first started my practice, I had this one client and she was the perfect eater. She was already eating my fiber crackers. She had like three different trainers. And the only variable I could change for her was water. She was only drinking Snapple and wine. Oh, wow. And so I didn't make her stop the Snapple and wine, but I made her get in six cups of water first. And the first few days, she'd email me and say, I'm worried I'm a diabetic. I'm, I'm peeing all the time. I'm so thirsty. And I said, you're not a diabetic. You just aren't. Your body's not used to taking in that water. And that first week, she lost two, two pounds and then another two pounds. And she ultimately lost 20 pounds, but it was only from water. That wow. was the, our only variable. And that That's made me story. be a water believer. Yeah. That's and, amazing. And, you know, since then, I've, I've, I've worked with thousands of people who water was their, you know, it was, the, it was the game changer for them. Right. It is. It's been huge for me. And I believe that so you have to get a liter by lunch. One liter by lunch? If water is a struggle for you, I'd focus on six cups. Like, eight cups may feel like two grand. Um, 
decide whether you like it cold or room temperature. For me, I don't like cold water. It's just harder to drink and it makes me cold. So I like room temperature water. Some people like water bottles. We talked about the hydro yeah. flask. Straws work for people. It's like mm-hmm. a sippy cup for adults. Yep. So if you can find a water bottle that you like with a straw, that's even um, mm-hmm. that's even better. But if there's a brand that you like, like some people like, you know, you know, everyone has their own brand of water, Swell. smart water, yeah. you know, or oh. maybe, oh. you know. Hint, my hint Exactly. Water. Here's yeah. hint. It has a little bit more of a flavor in it. So you mm-hmm. can find what works for you, but sparkling water does not count as, as right. your water. Seltzer does not are count. always okay. baffled by that. Like, I don't understand. If You're that, talking about flat water. Yeah, because like, not if seltzer. you look at um, Pellegrino versus Perrier, you know, one has a little more sodium than the mm-hmm. other. So clients will come back and say, but the one I'm drinking has no sodium. So why can't I have it? But. Bubbles are not as effective in weight loss as flat. So get in your six cups of flat water. Try to get your first liter in by lunch. What happens to most of us is we drink coffee, our day gets started, and then it's lunchtime. And then it's like, you know, at lunch you don't feel like drinking water, and now it's two or three, and then you don't even get there at all. So if you start to get your water in the forward, forward it to the beginning part of your day, you will you will make that water goal happen. Okay. Nina, you have been amazing at um, your water. I know you. that. You've I'm trying to do gallon. one gallon. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's really been helpful for yeah, me. And um, you do I do to, pee all the time. You do pee more. Yeah, but that's at okay. At first, it does get a little better though, right? Yeah, it's gotten better. Um, but you will feel better. You will. Um, it actually improves regularity. I mm-hmm. work with so many people that struggle with, you know, some form of constipation, you know, yep. or just not being regular. And it really does help to drink yeah. more water. If you I agree. drink more water, you'll go to the bathroom more. But also as we go into flu season, I think water really does make a difference with our immune system too. Okay, Especially that's for those good. people that are traveling. Yes, we, li- we like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so n- the next big thing that is huge for me right now is sleep. Yes. So what are you recommending that we all do and why why is sleep such a big deal and then how much are you recommending so we get? So the big thing with sleep is that sleep really does have an effect on our metabolism. So when we don't get enough sleep, there is an increase in cortisol levels in our body which can slow down the metabolism. And it can and research has shown that it can it can raise the cortisol levels for up to 24 hours for people who have insomnia. So sleep really does have an important factor in our metabolism and keeping us at keeping our body at a healthy weight. So there's many things that you can do to help help with sleep. I think exercise is an important factor of it. I know we're going to talk about exercise in a little bit. Um, but I think part of it is also managing your stress. I think stress can affect our sleep. Small little things to do to you know get you to sleep or easier is you know manage your workload. Taking out the laptop, and this has been a challenge for me because I'm running two different businesses. And I, I, you know, after I put my kids to sleep, I start to work. But then it's very hard for me to shut my brain down. And then, and then it's late. And then right? it's way too late. And then I can't sleep. And then it's hard to get up. And if you're someone who exercises in the morning, it just, it, it everything sort of fall, falls apart that way. So I know Nina has done a great job getting in her sleep, I'm which trying. I'm very proud this of. This is my new leaf. Um, I'm telling you, September's been a big yeah. month for me. So what I'm doing is seven to eight hours a night. That's perfect. Is that what you're recommending? Yeah. And even for some people, six is actually a great number. Mm-hmm. You know, for many people, if you say you need 64 ounces of water and eight, and eight hours of sleep and you have to work out every day, that's enough for them to never come back and yeah, see you. Yeah, they're scared of you. So I think they're like, it, bye, you know, Heather. It depends where you're at. You okay. Know, if you're somebody who's only sleeping four hours a night, then I would say, let's go to five or six. Yeah. So it all depends on where you're starting. Right. Let's just make some progress, yes. right? Let's, not perfection. Let's get, let's, exactly. Yep. Progress, not perfection okay. is everything. Okay. So let's talk about something that is impacting me. Life after 40. Yes. Something that you call the creep. Yes. What is that? Why is, why does it happen sort of after 40? So, um, 
our metabolism is faster when we're younger because we generally are more active and we have less fat compared to um, as we age. And so as we get older, our metabolic rate slows down because the aging process um, results in this decrease in muscle mass and the increase in the amount of fat stored. So it's just part of the process and it starts at about age 30 oh, really? and I don't think it's every okay. decade I think it's about every five years so if it 30, starts at 30 35, 35 40 a tiny bit of a change happens yeah you know, and you're, I told you um, for me it was 45 is uh, when and it, everyone everything knows changed. different a difference but yep. you know many of us remember being in our 20s and you know maybe eating eating well during the weekdays and then on the weekends like I remember living like this like from Friday to you know, Monday was total gluttony. Yeah, I could and do I whatever I wanted. There was a moment where it just didn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Where if I was that gluttonous all weekend, it would the weight would come up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's called the creep. That's called the creep, <laughs> and it's about every five years after the age of thirty. And there are things that you can do to help the creep. Okay. So you have to be consistent with your mm-hmm. diet. Um, consistency is key, and it becomes more important as we age. Where you know when you're trying to go on a healthy plan when you're younger, you can have you have a little more leverage on you know indulging and having treats. As we get older, if you want to lose weight, you have to be more consistent mm-hmm. and do a program longer to get those same results. Okay, and is there a treat that's Heather Bauer approved? There are a lot of Heather Bauer approved treats. Okay, <laughs> um, it's really just the frequency at which you do them. So one of the things that I don't want to do is I don't want to create a dependency um, where you know you need something sweet every night. I've worked with people before where if I take their dietary intake and then I look at what they're eating after dinner they'll say I don't eat after dinner at all and then I say well you have this optional let's say Chloe's pop and now every single night they want an ice pop every night now I've created dependency so if you do want something after dinner my recommendation is to do it within 30 minutes of of dinner like I don't want you to save it for 10 o'clock okay because I want the kitchen to be closed it's part of the sleep process you know I want you to unwind and relax and do your whole you know face routine and brush your teeth and just settle Get down ready not for be bed. yeah not yeah. be in the kitchen um, but I also, um, I don't want it to be a dependency. So I always say three days a week max, you can okay. have that fun treat. Okay. And so anything under 80 calories will work. And then okay. we can, it can go through with your audience later, the best options, but there's a lot of good pops from Chloe's pop and there's chocolate versions and there's, um, but I would keep it under 80 calories. Okay. And you like dark night. chocolate, dark chocolate okay. for sure. Cause I told you I was having a little bit of that who kitchen, I love who dark kitchen. chocolate. That's great. Okay. That's excellent. So that's Heather Bauer mm-hmm. approved. Yes. yes. I'm so excited. And, but partly because. Nina is a control eater. Right. I only have a little she bit. She has yeah. a square and yeah. she's done. And because um, there are many of us out there that are not... That would con- eat the whole bar. Yeah. <laughs> you can't and eat then the whole bar. dip it in peanut butter. Um, oh, that sounds good. It's like a Reese's. Yes. Um, that's why not everybody can do what you okay. do. Okay. So okay. you have to know who you are as an eater. Now, some people do say sugar is the devil. Do you think that too? I think sugar is very addictive. And the more you eat it, the more you want it. I don't think it's realistic to say that you'll never eat sugar again. I'm never a fan of never because there is never a moment when you can never have something again. But I think you have to know what your history has been with certain foods and what your trigger is. But sugar definitely is addictive. And it is one of those food categories where once we start with it, we want more and more and more. And so you have to figure out a way to fit it into your life in a controlled way. But for, for many people in the beginning, it makes sense to cut it out entirely and then slowly bring it back, but in, again, in a very controlled way. Yep, I agree with that. So you're so realistic in your program, so let's tackle drinking. Yes. So if someone wants a cocktail or wine, what do you tell them? I Give say, us some good ideas. what is your least favorite drink? Because your least favorite drink is your best drink because you will drink it slower. So 
Your least favorite being like something that you would still drink, but... You're like, I don't really like vodka, so, so what vodka, should I have? But if you love rosé yeah. and you don't love vodka, but you'll drink it, vodka is a smarter choice because you will sip it and not ask for a second. Also, in general with wine, not only is the sugar content a little bit higher mm-hmm. than some of those harder alcohols, but it's also a bottle on a table that's just going to re- be refilled. Your glass is going to just consistently be refilled and you won't know how much you've had. Mm -hmm. Nobody refills your vodka or your tequila, right? You have to ask for another drink. Mm -hmm. So, but if you're someone who loves vodka or tequila, then maybe for you, wine is a better choice. Mm -hmm. So that's just an individual question that you have to ask yourself. Okay. And what should we be putting in our vodka or tequila? I would do do club soda. Um, You could do club soda and um, a splash of lime or a little bit of fresh lime juice, just a tiny bit. Um, In tequila, it's really nice to do club soda, fresh lime and some jalapeno. That's a really nice combination. I know. That's actually my favorite drink. I like that. That that may taste a little too good for many of us. And then we may want a second. Start with the vodka and then go to a tequila. Depends what your goals are and how indulgent you've been this summer. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to clean it up, you may want to go with something just a little less fun and just have the vodka with the club soda and maybe a splash of lemon. And you, on your program, you let people drink. Yeah, I always say say one is free. Okay, one is free. Two or more, that's a carb. Okay. And if I build in one carb a day, healthy carb a day, and I go through what counts as a healthy carb, then you can build that in at dinner. Okay. If you know you're eating out and there's going to be sauce in your food when you go out to a restaurant and Mm -hmm. you're going to have two drinks, then that's going to be a two carb night. Okay. That's okay, but that means you wouldn't want to put chickpeas or quinoa in your salad at lunch. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to have, you know... Save it for your cocktail. You know, an Ezekiel right? English muffin at breakfast yeah. because, again, you're save using it. your carbs early. And then, so it's always important to save that carb for the end, for mm-hmm. dinner, which is something that's unusual in my plan. Most people are encouraged to have their carb earlier in the day. But the reality is, is most of us need it at night. At night, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it. One, one, your first cocktail's free. It's free. Yes. nice. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about coffee? Can we drink coffee you on your program? can drink coffee. And what do you Absolutely. want us to put in it? Um, you can so with coffee, I would say black would be the best. Okay. But many of us aren't going to do that. Yeah. So you can add almond milk or coconut milk if you wanted to add that. Um, no sweetener would be the the first choice, and then if you needed to add a little bit of Truvia or Stevia, you know, yep. instead of the artificial sweeteners, that's what I would do. Okay, and do you recommend, do you just want people to have one cup of coffee or Ideally, two? one cup. It depends what your sleep patterns are like, okay. and if you have, have sleep issues and anxiety, I would definitely keep it to one. I would have it before noon. Okay. I wouldn't do it after. Okay. And I really just would be watching people that are going to, you know, Starbucks and such and getting the, 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 oh, the fun drinks. Those drinks are like yeah. killer, right? Yeah, they're like 200 plus calories and then you you're still going to have a meal and packed with sugar yeah and packed with sugar so you have to choose like is it going to be my cocktail later or is it going to be that fun you know coffee coffee and many people are going to rather would rather have their cocktail or eat out at the restaurant and enjoy this the sauce in the the food okay so let's talk about fitness Mm -hmm. um because you and i love to work out i see you at the gym with our friend ann all the time love you ann And so tell us, what role does fitness play in your program, The Food Fix? So I think it would be a two-tiered question because in my life, fitness plays a huge, it's a huge impact in my life. My parents are both marathon runners, so I come from a line of runners. So it's, for me, running is like brushing my teeth. It's there. It's it's therapy. It's it keeps me sane. And I run six, maybe seven days a week. I don't have to run six miles, even if I have thirty minutes. I'll just go out for a run. It makes my day more balanced and more in control. But it is totally separate from my weight. And I know that. And I know that for my clients as well. I feel that diet is ninety percent your weight. 
exercise is 10%. And many people feel the other way around, but I, I really truly believe that you focus on diet first and then you exercise. Okay. Um, it's a That's lot for to people know. to, you know, be told they have to go to the gym seven days. They can't drink coffee. They can't have alcohol. And they have to revamp their diet. It's overwhelming. Yeah, that and sounds so awful. If I tell people from the beginning, let's just let's focus, let's exercise control over your eating right yeah. now, and let's not think about the exercise factor because if you eat clean for two weeks, you will lose weight by simply eating cleaner, and then you're going to want to go to the gym. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to go to the gym when their workout clothes are tight. That's just right, awful. You look in the mirror and you feel bad about yourself, and you want right. to eat a pizza. So first, if you work on the food, focus on food first. If then you're you can already build working in the out. So if I had a client who came to me who was already working out. I would encourage them to keep doing their workouts, but I would ask them um, what they're doing for their workouts and does that make them really hungry? Many people will say, when I do certain types of workouts, I'm ravenous. Well, maybe initially it makes sense to do a kind of workout that's not going to make you ravenous mm -hmm. because I'd rather you focus on the program first and then introduce the exercise. And I love how you mix up your workouts. Yeah. Why do you think that's important? I, I think it's important because we talked about the creep, what happens yep. with our bodies as we age. So up to 30, I could just run. But I found that there was an age, whether it was 30 or 35, where I didn't feel the same from just running. And that, that was my body telling me that, you know, my... I didn't have as much lean body mass, mm -hmm. and I need to build my muscle. And so I do try to go to the gym with my friend Anne, and she's an amazing friend, but also she's super fit. And we do workouts to stay strong, and I try to build that lean body mass by, by doing weights. Yeah, it's a lot of strength training yeah. you guys are doing. And I also and I try to do that. some interval workouts as well. You know, okay. So I could go out for an eight-mile run, but really lazy. You know, I'll be talking on the phone. I just am not really pushing my heart rate. I can go to the gym and do six to eight, eight hundreds at a really fast pace. And it's a much harder workout. Right. I'm really getting my heart rate up. And I think as we age, it's important to really push our heart rate as well. Mm -hmm. Cause that we get, we get faster, we get stronger and we can stay healthier that way. But right. no matter what, we have to be um, consistent with our food. And a good example is people who train for a marathon. You mm -hmm. see this over and over again. They they're training for a marathon and the day they run that race, they are 10 pounds heavier than the day they signed up for it because they, they got carved up, you know, yep. and they just took advantage of I ran 10 miles so I'm now I'm gonna have all that pasta bag of pretzels yeah. exactly um and you know that whole notion of carb loading we don't have to do that anymore okay yeah. that's good to yeah. know okay. that's more of an old school way of well thinking. I love that you said in the beginning that it's like your therapy because that is for it me really too is. so it when really I see is. you at the gym now I'm gonna know you're in your yeah, therapy session it's like yeah and I usually run before I go to the gym mm -hmm. um, just because I I you like want a being little fresh outside. Air. Yep. I just love, um, sometimes I like not seeing people. Yeah. And I like to just, just being think. in your own zone. And it helps yeah. me organize my day. Mm -hmm. It's my time. And my whole day is more organized and more focused because of that. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. So let's talk about your dyslexia because yeah. you and I have talked about this before and you're very open about mm -hmm. it, which I really appreciate. So share more about your experience with dyslexia, so because, I was especially with writing books yeah. and you know having your own business mm -hmm. and being dyslexic. I was diagnosed at a pretty young age. I was in third grade, um, and you know it was a struggle for me school. And I was lucky enough to be diagnosed so young because I was you know given all the tools from tutors and all the support that I needed through my education. And I, I knew what I needed. And I went to college that had an excellent support system. I knew to sit in the front row, even though I went to University of Wisconsin. I That's made a it, huge school and you huge, sat in the front row. But I would wow. always sit in the front row because it was easier for me to focus. Okay. Um, I studied in a, a little cell with earplugs because I couldn't be in one of those huge halls with lots of kids. 
and um, I read with books on tape. So um, that was really powerful for me, and that really helped me because when I could hear it and read it at the same time, it really made a huge difference for me. And I worked with a great writer on both my books, Kathy Matthews, and she was able to tape me for hundreds of hours, and she really transformed my words into these books. So that was how I was able to write these books, but it was a huge accomplishment for me. And... You know, being dyslexic for me was something that always felt like a limitation, but my parents always made me feel that I was actually really smart and that my brain just worked differently and it gave me other superpowers. Oh, I love your parents. My mom has a PhD in special education, so she happens to know what she's doing. Yeah. But they gave me the tools that I needed to feel like I, I could succeed. And I always had to work about five to ten times harder than any ordinary kid that was my age. I had to study 10 times harder. I would re, I would re, um, I'd, I'd do these note cards and I have like a permanent bump on my finger because I would take a lecture and then I would rewrite them on note cards and I would memorize them. Um, but I knew that if I put the work in, I could get good grades and I was willing to work hard. And I do believe, my dad always said, if you work hard, you'll succeed. Oh, it's true. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I love how open you are about it because I do think it's amazing that you not only one book, but two books. Yes. That you're able to pull off for me. with your with your partner in crime, yeah. um, but that's that's amazing. Was, so kudos really, to you. Thank you. Right, and it shows that you could you hard work and you did it. So you can do anything. Yeah. So who taught you how to cook? Was it your mom, your dad? So I'm not amazing in the kitchen. Okay. I'm totally transparent about that. My husband actually cooks for our oh, family. Oh, Ross, <laughs> love it. Okay, Ross, so, good job. Um, I actually can make food look pretty, but if you ask my kids, they would tell you that he is way better in the kitchen. I can cook, um, but, you know, I had to learn, I probably learned later in life than I should have and had a hard-boiled egg. So when I meet someone who's 30 and they're like, how do I hard-boil an egg? I'm like, I can tell you how to do it because it was a big deal when I learned, you know? The little things. The little things. Like, not all of us are really talented in the kitchen. I know. Sister, right here. I'm great with a camera. And I can make food look good. Yes, you can. Um, I can make a good smoothie for my kids. I make great eggs. I make great salmon. I make all the things I recommend for my clients. I do really well. So I'm all about doing simple, easy things. Like I love taking a piece of salmon, marinating it in the coconut secret. I'm obsessed with my Breville smart oven because I can cook everything in there and it's such an easy cleanup. Like I'll take um, just aluminum foil. I'll put that salmon on after it's it's been marinating in the coconut secret. And it's like 11 minutes on the broil button and it's Perfect. And you, so you're like, I can do that. I can do that. I also love parchment paper because yes, my husband I can do like tilapia. Yep. I can even take frozen shrimp. I always keep like a large bag of the um, deveined um, large frozen shrimp in my freezer because you can put that on the parchment paper with, um, I'll take capers, cherry tomatoes, and fresh lemon and you just wrap it up and you put it in that oven and it's like 20 minutes, 375 and it's perfect. It's oh the gosh. easiest dinner. Yum. And I, again, I'm not a cook, but these are my basics. Yeah. I ask my kids like the three things that I'm good at that you know they would be like oh she makes good salmon she does the fish in a bag you know I've got my staples but these are things that can get people who weren't in the kitchen into the kitchen right I love that no that's good if you ask my kids they're like she can make pasta and that's it (laughs) they'll be like mom's really good at ordering oh and we're doing taco Tuesdays now and we're doing we're doing that too and getting them in the kitchen by the way you can take like you can buy organic meat you can get the lower sodium seasoning and you can put it over a salad so you can make that really that's what I'm having I'm having the taco salad yeah if you want the gluten-free version on the side um, so there's that as well. But if I went and did a little sneak peek yeah. inside your fridge right now, what what are some good things? What is inside your well, fridge? I think the first thing that things? would blow you away is that it's filled with these 
bins. So I use those clear bins to organize my fridge. Um, I did it about a year ago, and um, I have them labeled. It drives my husband crazy because he likes to keep his things where he likes to keep them, but I love it because I can see exactly what I have, and we have it organized, so I have, like, the shortcuts, which are the foods that, like, prepared food. If I get, you know, prepared chicken, it's in there. Our prepared salads, it's in there. We have the meat and fish for the week, so I'll have a meat section, a fish section. I'll have, you know, the veggies. Um, I have, you know, ready-to-eat veggies for the kids so they can quickly grab that. You would see fresh fruit, veggies. You'd see I always keep organic turkey in my fridge because it's a great thing for kids to eat and snack. Will mm-hmm. often have the snack. They tell me they're hungry, and I'm like, go have turkey. It's got tryptophan. It's calming. So you can always have turkey. You would see, like, Khalifa Farms, um, almond milk creamer. I love that. You'd see almond yogurts. milk. You'd have yogurts. Smoothies. My kids love yogurts. Okay. We always keep Greek yogurt in there for smoothies. Um, my kids are love seltzer, so we always have seltzer in there for them, just plain seltzer. Yep. So okay. Would, oh, my you God. Know, I don't know so if anything good. that would, like, blow you away, but I, lots of condiments and seasonings. Like, you would see the tessinase. You would see the mm-hmm. coconut secret. You would see all my favorite condiments and seasonings. Too. Okay. Not seasonings, but condiments. Yeah. In there. Okay, so more rapid fire coming at you. Mm-hmm. Ready? I'm ready. Hit me up. What are your thoughts on dairy? I feel that dairy is important for people who don't have a dairy intolerance. You know, dairy has been shown over and over again to help with weight loss, but many people out there have dairy intolerance. They get bloated, they get gassy, then they may see their skin break out. So if you're someone who has a dairy intolerance, then I would support them eliminating dairy. Love it. I'm dairy free too. So okay. thoughts on intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting, again, is a, it's a personal choice, and it does work well for specific people. If you're someone who never needed breakfast and you're genuinely not hungry in the morning and you don't get hungry till about noon, then your body may naturally fall into the intermittent fast category. Also, if you're somebody, if I ask the question, when you eat breakfast early, do you find you're hungrier all day long, and do you feel like once you start snacking, it just makes you hungrier? If somebody says yes, then I do try to challenge them by pushing their breakfast time down, especially if they're not hungry first thing, because... Oftentimes, if you make, if you show them that they can eat breakfast later, even like 10 or 11, they ultimately feel great. They have more energy and they're eating within a smaller window. You know, they eat within, you know, a 10 hour window and they try to give themselves a 15 hour gap between their last meal and first meal. It's not that hard for them. I know. I I do it. So I like that. Yeah. Thoughts on keto? So keto is, I think it's sort of just a a more modern version of Atkins. (laughs) Maybe with a little bit of a healthier twist, I don't think it's sustainable. I think people will lose weight and people love it because they can eat unlimited fat and protein, but I don't feel that it's a sustainable way to lose weight. Thoughts on paleo? Paleo is probably closer to my sort of program. Lots of lean protein, fruits and vegetables, eliminating processed white refined foods. So paleo is, is it could be a clean way to eat. Okay. Thoughts on portion size? Portion is everything, especially for people who find themselves to be in the category of the diet experts. You know, they've done a million diets. They know exactly how to tell me what to eat. I find they eat too much of the good stuff, and that can make the biggest difference for them is getting them to focus on portion control. Okay. What are your thoughts on nutrition during your menstrual cycle? Because I feel like I've been hearing about this. What should women know about their appetite during It really the- does shift. So that week, bef- that week, the PMS week that we talk about, we really do get a little bit of a surge. So we can get away with a couple hundred extra calories 
the week before, and that's one of the reasons why on day one of your period you may note that you actually are less hungry. You're, it's like your appetite is just gone. But the week before, it's like you cannot get enough food in. I would recommend that week before trying to up your protein and up your healthy fat. You know, in a salad, try to maybe add a quarter of an avocado or add a little more olive oil or add, if, you know, add a little more protein. Get a better piece of chicken in there or turkey in there because if you add more protein and fat, it will help keep you satiated, especially during that week. Okay, that's and then important. and then you won't rely on sugar because mm-hmm. if you if you start eating too much sugar and chocolate and sweets, you'll just get into that pattern and you'll just feel like even worse. Okay. So and one thing to note with the with the menstrual cycle yep. is that the the period feels better when we're eating healthier. And and I will hear that over and over again is that you know that the, it's just a better cycle when they're eating healthier. Okay. And the PMS that's isn't good as to bad. Know. I'm gonna work on that. Okay, that's good. Let's talk about hormones for a minute, since this is on my mind at the age of 46. So how do you know if what you're eating and how you're eating is working well with your hormone balance? In general, like avoiding white refined processed sugars, eating lean protein, fruits and vegetables, high fiber, that works well when you're going through, you know, peri or early menopause and menopause. It works It works well. Upping your exercise and eating very healthy and minimizing those white refined processed carbs. And you may for a few, for through that period, need to control even the amount of healthy carbs you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, if we consider um, quinoa and, you know, sweet potato and you know, there are a lot, many healthy foods that I consider a healthy carb, but even that category may have to be more controlled when you're going through menopause. So for you running your own business as an entrepreneur, what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you? Because I'm sure this road hasn't always been so easy and you make it look so easy and you make it look so good, but really behind the scenes, what's been the biggest challenge for you along the way and how have you overcome that challenge? I would say the biggest challenge for me was moving my practice from New York City, which I built over 18 years, and it was, as we talked about before, it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and, and a lot of heart that I put into it, um, and moving it out to Westport. so To Connecticut. Mm-hmm, to Connecticut, because I spent um, the first six or seven years commuting in, and I would go, and I have, at the time I had three very young children, and so it was very hard for me to, you know, to make that commute, you know, an hour plus in, an hour plus out, but I did it, and then I made it three days, then I made it two days, and I liked having that anonymity of being out here and not necessarily being a nutritionist, just being a mom. Many, many of the people that meet me at school didn't even know that I had a, a career. They just thought I was a stay-at-home mom because I was good at juggling both. But I really was working late hours and building, you know, multiple businesses. While I had my practice in the city, because I just couldn't wrap my head around leaving all those clients, um, I did build the food fix. That was one solution for myself, was to try to build um, a remote counseling business that I could help people, where I could reach thousands, potentially, of people across the country without being in, you know, face-to-face. So I worked on that project while I had my practice in the city. And then when I felt like the time was right, I, I made the move. And I only did remote clients one or two days a week for the first, I would say, 15 months. And then I really missed having face-to-face, and a lot of clients missed seeing me. And I even had clients in the city that said they'd be willing to come to Connecticut to see me. And so um, just this past May, I did open an office, and I still do offer my counseling here. So. And I have to say, your office is beautiful. Thank you. It's right near the train. It's right near 95. So... 
it's very um, well located, you know, centrally located for people who are commuting. And um, I'm, I'm happy to have it. I'm also happy to have a space outside of my house. It's hard to be creative and to build things when you're yeah. working in your pajamas. Yeah. And I bet the rent is a lot better than yeah. your rent in New oh, York City, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm looking at the Sagadag River. So but it's that very was inspiring. a big challenge because I'm sure you sort of felt sad to leave New York, it right? It was. It was like a real bittersweet. Because that was such a, a big part of your beautiful office on Park Avenue career. and 70th yeah. and... Um, and it was a huge part of my career, and I spent so many years hustling to build that client base and to build that network and to have those doctor referrals. And so it was really scary for me to move it up here, and mm-hmm. how do you start over? How do you feel like you're back to papering and building that again? But I never really stopped, you know, because I continued to have those remote clients, you know, one to two days, and I built the Food Fix, which is my remote business at the same time, um, I just feel like now I can service both people. Right. So that the food fix really services people who love the group camaraderie and they mm-hmm. like being able to see what other people are eating. And it's my exact program. It's me running it, but it is done in a group setting. But there are many people who need the one-on-one and they want the small office and they want that privacy. And that's why I have that as an option as well. Yeah, it's great. You're meeting them where they want to be met, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, as a mom, what are you teaching your daughter most importantly about having a healthy relationship with food? I know your twins are boys, yes. but... I feel like the girls need yes. need their moms a little more on this. I think I lead by example. She knows how important running is to me um, and exercise is, just in keeping my head healthy. Um, and we try to have healthy meals at home. We mm-hmm. try it as a family to have family dinner at least three or four days a week. You know, and, and I try to get them to help in the kitchen, whether it be setting the table, whether it's wrapping the fish, whether, you know, she makes a great salad dressing now. Ross has really gotten her involved in the cooking. They love helping him make his chimichurri sauce or Ooh, the steak. Oh, yum. Um, so teaching her and the, the importance of good food and presentation. He really likes to have the food look beautiful, too. So he's tried to really show her how to make the food look beautiful also. Um, and showing her that, you know, I could go and have ice cream with her. I, she loves baking. You know, I took her to William Sonoma and got her like a $40 baking mix the other day. But I indulged her in that because she loves baking and I wanted her to make this layer cake that she loved to make. So teaching her that it's okay to indulge. We don't use the word diet. It's hard in my house, you know, being a dietitian. Like, how do you keep your kid normal and have a healthy relationship with food? But I show her that it's all about balance and making healthy choices. But like every other mother, you know, we do have limits and, you know, we can't have sugar and eat junk all day long. Right. And so, you know, there's a time and a place for junk. And so I think she knows that. I know. I feel like you're such a good mom with this because it's so hard. It's really hard. It really is hard. I don't know if there's any right answer to that. Mm -hmm. And now that I have a daughter, it's like, you know, you really do think about that. But It's more real now that we have daughters, Mm -hmm. right? You can't talk about, you know, ever feeling fat, you know, or feeling uncomfortable in your clothes. It's like you have to to have good self-esteem, show them how important it is. And confidence and how important it is just to feel good. Um, about a week ago, she just started middle school. So about a week ago, she'd had like a harder day of school and she just switched out of being a competitive gymnast into some new sports. So I know part of what she's going through is just the change in, in exercise. And I could tell she just needed to run. So we did. It was like five o'clock and Ross was, was home early and so he was there with the boys. So I was able to just take her out and we ran like three miles, walked, oh, ran. Right. But it was, it was so cool because afterwards she was really grateful, you know, that she exercise. She said it made me feel so much better. See, it's her therapy too, Heather. I think it's all of our right. therapy. You know, I and think also being with you. Just being I active and not having a phone 
and not having that device, not having technology near us, just being outside, it's that, that's important too. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good. But um, more than anything, we lead by example. Mm-hmm. So if we if we show our kids that we try to make good choices, you know, mm-hmm. and we sit down as a family and we try to have a meal just a, even a couple times a week. It's not realistic for a lot of us mm-hmm. because the kids get home from sports at eight thirty. We may have someone that's working super late. It doesn't always happen, but if you could sit down as a family and show them that there is no technology at the table, like in my house growing up, my dad would take the phone off the hook. Do you remember that? We did too during dinner. We like, took the phone no off the phones, hook. No phones. Just mm-hmm. take it away. Put, like lock them all up and just talk. You know. I feel like you were meant to help people. I feel like you're Thank so good you. at helping. I do love helping people. I feel passionate about it. Yeah. There's no better gift that you can give to somebody I than know. the gift of health. Yeah. Well, you're really helping so many people. Thank so you. you've been so great. Thank you. So what's next for you now? Tell us what's happening with next Heather Bauer, with the Food Fix. What's I'm gonna next for you? I'm going to continue to grow both. You okay. Know, I'm going to continue to grow the Food Fix, you know, make it make the Food Fix a real national brand. I'd like to, you know, I'm going to go out and raise money and try and build the technology so that I can have, you know, a, a better foundation beneath it. But I'd like to grow that larger so I can help more and more people. And I'd like to grow my practice here in Westport, you know, because I love helping people one-on-one and I never want to stop doing that. I know. You're really good in person, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, how can people find you on Instagram? So they can find me at Food Fix Official. I know I've been a little absent on Instagram, but you're going to help me get more active. It's hard when, you know, three kids and I Working. do everything myself. Yeah. We don't have a babysitter. So it's Entrepreneur really life. doing it all. Um, you run out of bandwidth. And so there's been a like, gap in my Instagram, you know, but not nice. anymore. <laughs> because I think what happens is you just stop posting and then you just can't, you can't do it all. Right. So you just But we're going to unfreeze you. But Nina is going to help me. She's like, you have to be more active yeah, on there. Yeah, we're going to get you unstuck yeah. on the gram. Thank you. Okay, yeah. I'll be back on the gram. Yeah, we're going to work yeah, on so that. That's at Food Fix Official. But you can also find me um, if you go to heatherbauer.com um, for my private practice and you can go to foodfix.me for the food fix. So that's how if they want to have more information yes. on what your programs, yes. they can do that. Okay, that's so awesome. And all that information is going to be in the show notes. Perfect. With also some of Great. Heather Bauer approved brands. Great. Her little I, I treats. Brought, I brought a whole bag of goodies for Nina to see. Yeah, so we're going to write Nothing everything. Nothing that she can eat, just all cardboard boxes. <laughs> I know, she gave me all the, all the bags. I love it. It's already emptied. Well, thank you so much. How do you think you did on your first podcast? I don't know, Nina. How did I do? You did amazing. Did I? Yes. Okay. I have a little bit of a dry mouth. I'm like here with my... Aquaphor. I love that. I love know. that when Anne came on, it was her first podcast too. She was so good. And now by it's the way. your first podcast. You guys podcast. gotta go listen to Anne Epstein's podcast. I know. She's so the, good. She's amazing. I know. Well, she's how I found you too. Yes. So thank you, Nina. It's so all much. good. It's well, been great. Thank you so much to my special guest, Heather Bauer, the founder of The Food Fix. Congratulations again thank on you. all your success. Thank you. Remember, be sure to follow Heather's Instagram <laughs> at Food Fix Official on the gram. Thank you so much for inspiring us and helping all of us be better. Okay, I think that's so important. I'm so excited to see what happens next with your new nutrition business. Thank you, Nina. So excited. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to My Mom's Podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And please share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. She's 
Nina B. Clark. Clark has an E at the end. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thanks again for listening. Let's keep being awesome. XOXO.